This is the MLB Extras Braves podcast from the winter meetings, 2018 Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Tim McMaster here along with Mark Bowman covering the Braves. And let's start with pitching. Um, this team is obviously in win-now mode and, and really going for it after winning the division in 2018. So there's been all sorts of rumors. What level of pitcher this team wants to get? The latest rumor that crept up was maybe they'd get involved in Dallas Keuchel. A little surprising considering you think they're a little restricted money-wise at this point. But you have some information on the Keuchel front. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they're necessarily restricted. I still think they have uh, in terms of financially. I still think they have about $30 million to okay. spend. They can they can go out and make one more significant deal if they want to. As for Keuchel, I was told last week uh, there, there has been no discussions with Keuchel. Really, the, the interest it was, was minimal at best. And, you know, after some reports came out yesterday, I, you know, reconfirmed that there still has not been any discussions. Um, you know, you, you look at the, at the starting pitching market. I think it's most likely that they go ahead and fill that need if it is a need, because there is plenty of pitching depth within that yeah. system, um, you know, I, I think they're going to go the trade route uh, to, to if they if they go ahead and obtain a pitcher. All right, so you think trade route? Then some guys jump into mind: Madison Bumgarner, Marcus Stroman, Sonny Gray. Is is that the kind of guy we're talking about, or are they open to anything on the trade market? Yeah, you know, I, I think those three guys in particular. I, I think that Stroman would probably be at the top of the wish list. As of right now, it doesn't sound like the Blue Jays, you know, are, are are willing to move him. There's always going to be some hesitance when your former GM is is on the other side too. Um, could that be something that materializes later this winter? Yes. Sonny Gray, I think he he's a guy that, that you know you look at it uh, from a dollar standpoint, it makes sense. Uh, you know, I think he's going to probably end up making around nine million dollars this year. Are you willing to take a chance on him and? You know, has he has he lived up to expectations with the Yankees? No, but at the same time, you know, you know put him in a, a different environment. I, I still think he could be a top-flight guy. He could certainly uh, give you, you know, pair, pair him with Fulte, and you've got either two number twos or maybe one of them pitches more like a number one this year. That gives you some insurance as you, you look to see what Sean Newcomb's going to do. You know, could Newcomb make that next stride like Mike Fultonevich did this year? Sure. Um, and, and, you know, that's the other thing is, yes, there's, there's, you can really improve your team by adding a, a veteran starter, a proven guy this year. At the same time, you don't necessarily want to block some of these kids that are right. coming. So, um, you know, in terms of those two guys, the other, the other market you got to look at or the other team you got to look at, of course, is the Indians with, with Kluber and Trevor Bauer. Um, Kluber's the guy to go get of the two, I think. You know, look, Trevor Bauer's good, but, right. but if the exchange is going to be similar, you you get three years of Kluber as opposed to two years of Bauer. Um, you know, very little difference in, in cost this year, a couple million dollars, and by next year, you know, Kluber's actually going to be the cheaper of the two options. So, um, you know, early indications are that you know it, it would it would take a, a lot more to get Kluber uh, right now. Um, doesn't seem to be a, a lot of movement on that front, but you know that's what these meetings are for. It, 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 you know, I'm not saying anything's going to get done this week, but but you know you get a lot of discussions here. You know, and, and th things seem to move forward, and within the next week or two, we may have a better feel for what the market is uh, and how 
feasible either of those two guys uh, or how feasible it would be for the Braves to get either of those two guys. Yeah, get those wheels turning this week and see what it leads to. Sonny Gray is fascinating to me because, yes, he struggled with the Yankees. You'd think that brings down the price tag. And then most, I think most people would say this guy could pitch in the right situation. He was obviously good in Oakland. So I wonder what really the Yankees want to get in return when they've admitted they want to trade him, but then they continue to say he's going to be great wherever he goes. Brian Cashman's trying to play both sides there it seems like yeah exactly and I think the one thing the Braves do have is that depth um, you know prospect depth yeah and that is heavily rooted with their pitchers eight of their um, pitching prospects are listed within MLB pipelines top 100 you know I mean that that's that's pretty incredible to think um, that, that Colby Allard such a you know highly touted prospect is now rated as the eighth the Braves' eighth best <laughs> pitching prospect. Not um, all top 30s are created equal. Exactly. That's what I exactly. And so, you know, the Braves have the pieces to make that move, whether it's Sonny Gray or some of these others. It's, it's just a matter of sitting back and saying, hey, are we willing to pull the trigger on this guy? You know, you, you got to differentiate, you know, which guy is more important to you. And, you know, you've got to take a little bit of a gamble. We can, that's, all, that's what all these prospect trades are. Nobody knows exactly what that's going to that guy is going to be. We can sit here and debate whether Luis Gohara is going to have a better career than Kyle Wright and, and sit, do the same with Mike Soroka, knowing that Soroka has the shoulder. We're trying to gauge where he goes from here. And uh, and Kobe Allard, you know, he didn't impress when he came up this year, but at the same time, he's 20 years old. Right. He's going to physically mature. There, there were, you know, Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox had their troubles early on. It's uh, It will be interesting to see exactly what the Braves do with their prospects this year. And in the back of their mind, they keep thinking, hey, we've got a, we've got something special here. Should we save these guys or keep these guys around for one more year and get a better feel for who they are and what they're going to be? I want to dive into them a little more later in the podcast as well. But as far as current needs right now, other stuff that, that they need to go get, outfielder, right? And they there's... There's a lot of availability there at different levels. You have your Michael Brantleys, you have McCutcheon, Marquecas, Carlos Gonzalez. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. Which type of player kind of fits into what the Braves are looking for? You know, right now I think that they're just sitting back and looking at all their options. You know, you look at Michael Brantley, I think that his price tag's a little bit too high for their their comfort level right now, especially when he's really only had one truly healthy season the last few Um you look at a Marcakis, Carlos Gonzalez, McCutcheon. I think those are guys that maybe you get to a one-year deal, one to two-year deal um, within the next few weeks. You see where if their value drops a little bit or, or their their current ass, let's say that uh, drops. They, um, I, I think that you know obviously they, they know Marcakis. Um, there may be some some comfort level there but if I had to guess I would think that that McCutcheon might be you know of those three right there just those three I'd say he's probably at the the top of their if they're ranking those three on the wish list right now um you know that a lot of the fans have asked about Mitch Hanniger the Mm -hmm. Mariners don't appear to be willing to deal him right now just a lot of, of moving pieces but the other, the other part of this equation is this. We're saying they currently need one outfielder. What if a team calls and says, we want Ender Enciarte, and you, we, we're going to give you this starting pitcher, whether it's you know one of those two Indians or um, Sonny Gray or something, and it makes sense to, to include Enciarte. Now all of a sudden Acuna goes to, to center. 
do you need two outfielders or are you going to roll the dice on Adam Duvall who you right. chose to tender? Um, the fact of the matter is this. I think they need one more bat in that lineup to, to truly, you know, just fill out that, that lineup, make it more complete because the, the pl- current plan right now is to start off Acuna, Donaldson, Freddie Freeman. That's three guys with the potential to hit 30 homers. Yeah. You're also going to put Ozzie Albies in that lineup somewhere. That's 20 to 30 homers right there. What if you put one more bat in there, 20, 20 25 homers, you know, potential maybe to go a little bit higher? That That's a legit lineup, and it's going to be one that, that you're going to need in, in what is now you know, going to be a very intriguing, very competitive National League East. Yeah, suddenly it looks more like an American League lineup than a National League lineup. The arms race that's going on in the National East has been crazy. It kind of dominated the hot stove season so far. Uh, McCut, all those guys, I guess, are interesting because not only are they players um, maybe towards the back end of the career, but they're good leadership guys, too. So it's it's interesting because that's a neat fit for a team so young as the Braves. All right, one more spot that has to be filled back into that bullpen. Obviously, they have a role as Fiscaino. They have a guy that could be that guy, a closer. So do they try to get a closer and move him into a setup role, or are they just strictly looking for setup types to back him up? You know, right now, when we talked to Alex, you know, four or five days ago, he said we're not currently engaged uh, with, with any closers. And I and kind of gave you the sense that that's the way it was going to be for the uh, moving forward, you know, obviously heading into near the end of this past season, there was a lot of talk about Kimbrel, that price tag where it's at yeah. right now. That, that There has not been any interest there uh, from the Braves to reunite with Kimbrel. Uh, as you mentioned, they have this guy, you know. They also have A.J. Mentor. You know, I wrote a story last week saying, hey, look, everyone's talking about, you know, Edwin Diaz. Or Diaz. If, if you... You know, a year ago, we have known what, what Diaz was going to be, you know, this year. It's, it's kind of the same thing with Mentor. I'm not yeah. saying they're the same exact guy, but, but they're at that same stage of your career. And, and we all know that Mentor has that capability to miss bats. Um, he got some, a taste of the closer's role last year. They have enough internal options, and I'm going to give one more, you know, X factor here for both the rotation and the bullpen. Last year going into spring training, we were all talking about Luis Gohara. What's Gohara going to do? We saw what he did in September of 2017. You're excited. He has the injuries. He had the the, you know, the off season where his father dies and his mother gets sick and he comes to camp not in, in good shape and just a very forgettable year all the way around. From what I understand, I spoke to someone again this morning that you know they've seen him recently. He's lost a legit 25 25 wow. to 30 pounds. He's in great shape. That's what he needed to be. Uh, or he needed to, to dedicate himself this offseason. Could he be a big, a key guy at the back end of that bullpen? Sure. Could he be a key guy in that rotation? Yes. So that, that's one X factor that, that the Braves, you know, have to, to remember as they, you know, move forward to make decisions um, with the rotation and their bullpen. You mentioned the arms, and, and we've talked a lot about them, the young guys coming up. My question, I guess, is who's next? You, you mentioned Gohara. He's the number seven-ranked prospect in the system. Uh, but there are thoughts that he could be higher than that. But number one's Mike Soroka. Number two's Kyle Wright. Um, if if there's a spot in that rotation for somebody to grab hold of, who do you think is the guy that's, I guess, the most ready to grab that role and run with it? You know, I, I guess if we go back to last year and what we've always said, so many of these guys have such high upside. Go horror, Kyle Wright. Soroka's ready if he's healthy. Right. Because we've always said he's the safest bet. 
I think that his highest ceiling, his ceiling, yeah. yeah, is maybe a number, maybe a two, and his floor is probably a number four. Yeah, he, you, you're pretty confident with what you have of Mike Soroka. He is a major league pitcher. What exactly where he goes from here with the shoulder issue last year, we'll see. But I, I'd say that he's probably your safest bet. You go into camp saying if this guy is healthy, he can be on my, you know, or he is ready for to be on that big league staff right now. Um, Kyle Wright probably has the highest upside in my mind. Um, we, we've got a taste of what Gohara can do. If he can stay healthy, if he can stay disciplined, if he can stay committed to, to living up to you know, all the expectations and his capabilities, this guy has a chance to be something special. When he turned his ankle last year and, or sprained his ankle there early in camp, you know, Alex Anthopoulos was walking through the clubhouse and, and he came across Freddie Freeman and Freddie said, this is a big loss. You know, I was thinking this guy might be an all-star this year. The guy wow. had five starts under his belt yeah. at that point in time. But that's the kind of impression he made the year before. Kyle Wright, you know, we, we got a taste of him or, you know, got a glimpse of him uh, in September this past year. He has fantastic stuff. Uh, Tuki Toussaint, you know, the walk totals are, are somewhat concerning. Uh, there, there's just so much talent there. When you have eight within the top 100, eight pitchers alone, that's not just eight players, right. eight pitchers. Uh, I can't think of when there are too many other teams that could have ever encountered something like this. You know, and this is what they aim for during the rebuild. So they're, they're at this this spot now. It's nice to have all of them. Now you got to make the right decisions regarding each of these pitchers. Yeah, who do you keep and who do you trade away? Because you can't keep them all, and you need to fill other holes. And that's a good position to be in as assets go. That's what you want. Yeah. Not everyone in that top 30 is pitchers, though. There's also some pretty good position players. Austin Riley's a guy who is getting closer and closer to the big leagues, ready to take over at third base, the third baseman of the future. They go out, they sign Josh Donaldson to a one-year deal. So 2019 Austin Riley, what, I mean, what are the goals for him? Is there still a spot where he can make it to the big leagues? I mean, obviously, if Donaldson's injured, he'd be a guy, but is there a path for him in 2019 to get to the big leagues other than injuries? Yeah, we'll see. You know, you never know. I, we are going to see him play some outfield yeah. during spring training. He's never played there. What, how he fares out there remains to be seen. Um, they're going to they're going to do whatever they can to put him in a position. If that bat plays down there, and Josh Donaldson's living up, up to expectations and staying healthy there, you know. And but you're saying I need to get Austin Riley's bat in that lineup. Uh, you know that that leaves gives them an option. You know they're doing the same thing with Camargo. He's going to play some some outfield in spring training. Um, it will not hurt Austin Riley to, to have two or three more months of development. He, you know, we, we, he missed some time this past summer with the knee, knee injury that he suffered in early June. If he goes in and produces for the first three months and, and you have to make a tough decision you know, regarding him, then fine. I, yeah. that, that's a good problem to have. This guy has legit power. I love what I hear from a lot of the scouts that saw him. You know, some of the it's, – it's not, not just BP power. You know, he, he – he shows that, you know, some, some legit pop during games as well. So um, they signed this one-year deal with Donaldson. Maybe, maybe Austin Riley's the guy we're talking about next year. Right. Um, at some point in the summer, is there a way to get him in the lineup? That remains to be seen. But at some point in September, you know, they're, they're, Austin Riley will be up unless he's included in one of these <laughs> potential trades. That's another big piece that, that other teams might be very interested in as well.
The winter meetings always end up with the Rule 5 draft, and it's a, it's a great spot for some teams to pluck a player from another team's system. They have to play the whole year at the major league level. But if you're rebuilding, it's a great chance to add talent. If you're the Braves and you have a minor league system that's absolutely loaded with talent, it's a terrifying part of the winter meetings because some of those guys can get plucked away. You can't really protect them all on that 40-man roster. So how do the Braves feel like they've done as far as protection? And is there any worry that they could lose a, some real talent? Well, you know, they went ahead and even started making moves there this past summer where they you know, they knew that Lucas Sims and uh, Matt Whistler didn't fit on the 40-man. They, they go ahead and try to, to roll the dice with Adam Duvall, that trade. Uh, for the most part, you know, for as much talent as in their system, yeah, they're, they're they're in a rather comfortable position because only one of their top 30 prospects is even available, you know, in Thursday's draft, and that's Josh Graham, a right-handed reliever who, you know, he really wasn't even a, didn't become a pitcher till his junior or senior year at the University of Oregon. So um, there's another, you know, Ray Patrick Ditter, a speed guy. There's a chance they lose him. I think he he's a interesting prospect. I think he got a lot of attention because. Chipper really liked him one day when he saw him on the backfields, and you know he mentioned it. But uh, you know he, I, I, that would not be a big loss. That they're going to be able to protect all of their uh, top prospects, and uh, you know it, it, it's a credit to you know just some of the maneuvering that they've done over the last year. We'll be keeping an eye on the Braves all week long here at the 2018 Winter Meetings. That'll do it for this edition of the MLB Extras Braves Podcast. For Mark Bowman, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in.